Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise, as I always do, you are absolutely in the right place. We are very happy to kick off Season 8. That's right, 8 seasons of Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, one of our mainstays and one of our most popular series. And a shout-out and Happy New Year to our audience, our listeners, our loyal listeners, all over the globe. We thank you. We're going to start off today. Let me tell you what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from Sandy Cockrell, global leader of the CFO program at Deloitte. We have friends at Deloitte. They're not on the show today, but here we go. There's no question over the last year, this new wave of technologies has had an impact on CFO, that's Chief Financial Officer, decision-making. He speaks from experience. So, you know, many of our loyal listeners know we've been running, uh, we're up to tomorrow, is the sixth part of our 2019 prediction special on our flagship series, Coffee Break with Game Changers. Well, the powers that be here at Financial Excellence with Game Changers decided to use the predictions theme for this kickoff show to start start season eight here in 2019. So similar to our personal New Year's resolutions, businesses are kicking off 2019 with new goals, aspirations, hopes, dreams, wishes, and plans. But theirs, separate from a lot of ours, include corporate responsibility and diversity, and there's a lot of technology thrown into the mix. How can they get there? Finance and risk executives can harness emerging technology trends. Now, you know we talk about this all the time on all of our Game Changer series. We're talking about AI. That's artificial intelligence. ML. All right, I'll unravel the machine. I'll unravel the alphabet soup. Machine learning, predictive capabilities, and more because they want to help their organizations determine the best course of action for 2019. So we're titling this show today, Predictions 2019 Finance, Collaborative Planning, and Risk. That is packed with a lot of key words. I've got three experts with us today. Very happy to have them. We've got Nilia Sadies from the Hackett Group. She's no stranger to Game Changers Radio. She's on several times a year. We've got Julian Delvat. He is the SAP S4HANA practice leader, Truqua. And we're welcoming David Williams, who hasn't been on in a couple of years. So welcome back, David, at SAP. And we'll find out what they all do in a few minutes. Let's start with the opening quotes my wonderful panelists sent me before. For the show, and Nilia Sadies has sent us a quote from Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I hope I'm doing that justice, Nilly. Uh, Robert Louis Stevenson wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It was called officially The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a gothic novella by the Scottish author R.L. Robert Louis Stevenson, first published back in 1886. It is now simply known as Jekyll and Hyde, about a London lawyer who investigates strange occurrences between his old friend Dr. Henry Jekyll and the evil Edward Hyde. We'll leave that alone. Here's the quote. The less I understand of this farrago, the less I was in a position to judge of its importance. Nilia Sadies, you're going to have to translate this into real English for me. So welcome, Happy New Year, and go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. Very happy to be on the show again. I know I actually had to look it up, uh, the word farrago, because it sounded, I thought I knew what it meant, but I wanted to make sure <laughs> it means mishmash or um, sort of a messy situation. Um, the reason I chose the quote 
for this particular show is that um, we swim in a sea of data, um, mm-hmm. and it comes in all kinds of formats. Uh, we can access it a lot more easily, but it's really easy to drown. And I think um, just like with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, it's critical that finance executives can quickly sift through this mishmash of information um, and figure out what's truly important. Because if they don't, that information is pretty much useless, or even worse, it can be uh, confusing or misleading. Um, we're seeing finance functions accelerating the adoption rate of advanced analytics and data visualization solutions to just cut through that noise. Um, and one of the best parts that is, is interesting that's happening from a technology standpoint in analytics is that people don't have to wait for the analysis to come from some higher authority. Um, more companies in our universe are embracing uh, data platforms like Data Mart, uh, self-service BI tools. So users who are often closer to the business can define their own parameters and really create insight that's relevant to their business. Nilly, very, very interesting. And I, I looked up Farago. I had to look it up too. And I think it encapsulates what we're talking about today. They use it in a sentence. Remember when you were in school? They used to say, okay, uh, uh, Nilly or Bonnie or Bob or whoever it was, uh, you've learned a new word, now use it in a sentence. So the sentence I found online was, he had a farrago of doubts, fears, hopes, and wishes. Can we collectively agree, Nilly, that doubts, fears, hopes, and wishes is what the CFO Office of Finance is looking forward to this year with all these new technologies? What do you think? I agree. It's a, it's a very good sentence. Um, there's so much going on. There's so much. There's risk on the horizon. There are multiple forces at work. So I'm sure there are hopes. Uh, there's certainly risk. Um, and so it's making sense of a whole bunch of stuff that may not make sense just on a superficial level is really important for finance. Thank you very much. Great opening to the show, Nelly. Always a pleasure to have you on. We'll find out an update from you in a little while. Now let's move to another regular panelist, Julian Delvat. If anybody wants to look him up at Truquaz, T-R-U-Q-U-A, and his last name is D-E-L-V-A-T. And Julian has sent us three lines from Dan Brown's Origin. Ooh, I'm already getting chills, Julian. Origin is a 2017 mystery thriller novel by American author Dan Brown, and it's the fifth installment. That's number five in his Robert Langdon series following the book Inferno. Origin was released in October 2017 by Doubleday. It is set mostly in Spain and features minor sections in Dubai and Budapest. Sounds very global and thrilling to me. Here is the quote. May our philosophies keep pace with our technologies. May our compassion keep pace with our powers. And may love, not fear, be the engine of change. Julian, this is beautiful. Are you sure this was intended for a show about finance? <laughs> how, how about that, right? Putting love and finance in the same sentence. It, it's gorgeous. Um, we, we sometimes talk about emotion and passion and compassion and commitment on finance shows, but I, I don't think I've ever heard the word love as an engine of change. So you're going to have to explain <laughs> this. Welcome and Happy New Year, Julian. How are you? Again, I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for the invitation. I'm very excited to, uh, you know, launching this new year with you. Thank you. Go ahead. Tell me about the quote. I love it. 
Right. So before before explaining the code, I think we have to um, just talk a little bit about the book. Origin is set in a near future, and and one of the main protagonists is actually an AI. Um, so mm-hmm. the uh, you know the main character Robert Langdon is talking to that AI constantly, and the question is, you know, I mean, what's the limitation of of that, and and there's what's the ethics behind it. So uh, at the time we're talking about, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, we've seen some of those being a little derailed, like um, uh, having predictions being very racist or having some bias. Um, mm-hmm. So this is where we need to, um, you know, take those into account more and more because as we automate and, you know, accelerate processes, we need to make sure that they're doing the right thing. Uh, because being doing the wrong thing faster is not going to help us. I want to know where love comes in. Love not fear the engine of change. And, Julian, we often talk on our Game Changer shows about how laggards will, quote-unquote, die or or die on the vine. We talk about that on our retail shows. We talk about that on many of our other shows, Predictive Machine Learning. You've got to keep up with the technologies. Your company has to be forward-looking. You have to have the right tools. You cannot hide in the sand anymore. We're in the digital economy. We're in the experience economy. We're in the global economy. You can't just sit still and say, oh, Oh, well, we've always done it that way. So love, not fear, be the engine of change sounds to me like a challenge because uh, you can hear companies saying and CFOs saying, OMG, we didn't do this last <laughs> year or the year before. The time has come or we might be wiped off the face of the business planet. So so what do you think? How do we get that word love in there? What do you think? That's going to be challenging, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and also, uh, you, you were looking at it from the, the, the perspective of the organization or the CFO, but if you also put yourself in the shoes of the employee, like, well, what are those robots going to replace me? Yeah? So, yeah. so I think the love piece is going to be really, uh, uh, it, it's about compassion and empathy and sympathy, which is slightly different. Um, so, yeah, trying to, to make sure that we have a place for everybody. I like it very much. Thank you. I like that that additional human look at the individual. Appreciate it in this climate right now. It's very important to talk about real people. Thank you, Julian. <laughs> Pleasure to have you on, and we'll catch up with what you've been up to at TrueCon in a few minutes. And now let's welcome back a gentleman who hasn't been on for a couple of years, but he couldn't wait. Uh, David Williams, he knocked on my door and said, it's time for me to get back. No, David, I appreciate that. David works with the sponsors of this series, and uh, I'm very happy to have you. David has sent us a wonderful quote from Michael Jordan. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, still with us, very much alive and well, born on February 17th. I think he just had a birthday. 1963, known by his initials, MJ, American former professional basketball player, played 15, that's one five seasons, in the National Basketball Association for the Chicago Bulls and Washington Wizards. And his biography on the official site says, by acclamation, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time time. There we go. Here's the quote, and this is a good one. Talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. David Williams, too long it has been. How are you? I'm great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. And yes, it has been too long. So very happy and excited to be with you today. Thank you. We're, we're thrilled. So talk to me. Are you a big Michael Jordan fan, basketball fan, uh, NBA? And, and I love the quote. Tell us how it applies to what we're looking forward to for 2019 for finance professionals. Yeah. So, yes, love Michael Jordan. I am a basketball fan, although I have to admit hockey 
being a Canadian is my sport of choice, but I, I love this quote. And <laughs> what I really like about it are, are two things. One is it really is extremely hard to build a winning team purely based on a collection of talent, right? So uh, a team with less talent on paper can outperform because of the way that they synergistically come together and complement each other. So I, I really like that teamwork element to it. What I like about how this relates to the finance function is finance is really striving to be a better teammate and collaborate with the business. So there's a big mission right now in finance to be a better business partner. And then the intelligent piece ties in very nicely to analytics. So analytics is a big theme in sports right now, uh, leveraging that for greater intelligence to win. But finance also is part of this business partner mission is really looking how do we leverage all this data. We don't have a data problem. We have a ton of data. The challenge is how do we actually turn that data into intelligence, gain those actionable insights, and outperform the competition. So very nicely relates to, uh, to finance's mission. Thank you, David. Very, very interesting. And I'm, I'm going to try and see if we can... Uh, draw those threads around to a little bit from Julian Delvat's quote from, we just got from Dan Brown, as far as may our philosophies keep pace with our technologies. I won't go into the love part, I promise. But do you think that the team philosophies and technologies we talk about, finance becoming the steward of the business more than it ever has before, we talk about it helping to guide the business, not just look back over the shoulder, sit in the basement, green lamp, eye shade, and put out reports that are way too old to be of use to anybody. We're talking about a whole new contribution of finance to businesses all over the world. So may our philosophies keep pace with our technologies. Do you think this could be a challenge this year or has finance already made that happen? Well, I think uh, to your point, Bonnie, I, I like to lay it out that finance is really looking at three key things. How do we grow the business? How do we manage risk? It's impossible to completely eliminate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, eliminate it. And they're looking at efficiency. How do we be as efficient as we can to help drive profitability? So in that mission, right, historically, finance has been more of a scorekeeper looking at historical performance. They are getting much more involved in looking forward and help guiding the business. And technology is already helping. um, But these new technologies you mentioned earlier, AI, machine learning, they're arguably Mm -hmm. the hottest topics right now for finance or some of them. And it's how do we leverage these technologies to help with those three things I just mentioned, growing the business, managing risk, and being as efficient as possible so that ultimately we are uh, maximizing a return back to the stakeholders. Thank you very much. One more question for you, David Williams. Is it an exciting time for finance? Are they starting 2019 and saying, yes, a lot of these, what we're calling emerging technologies are actually coming into some level of maturity where we can understand them, we can use them reliably. Do you think this is part of what's going on for the start of the new year? Yeah, excitement. I think there's, there's a ton of excitement. There's still a lot of questions. How do we use them? How can we leverage them? Uh, as part of the finance function and, and again, driving this, these actionable insights to, to better support the business. But there's a lot of excitement and a lot of curiosity. 
Thank you very much. And I'm curious. To, thank you very much. I'm, I'm a curious type of person. That was a great segue, David Williams. Thank you. It was actually beautiful. I'm now going to segue by going around the table to Nilia Sadies. And this is part of the show where we get to know our panelists a little bit better with three questions. Nilly, you know, number one, I'm going to ask, where in the world are you right now? Number two, I'm going to ask either what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world or what did you have over the holidays that you really enjoyed in terms of a beverage? And number three is bring us up to date on what you are up to at the Hackett Group right now. Nilly, go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. And I want to say hello to David because I haven't talked to him in a while uh, as well. So it's good to talk with you again, David. Um, so uh, the first question, where am I? I am in very rainy, foggy, dreary Salem, Oregon. Um, oh. And that's the state of affairs here um, mm-hmm. pretty much nine months out of the year. Um, it's uh, not very cold, but not very pleasant. I'm on a hill. I'm overlooking the Willamette River when I can see it through the fog, and it's beautiful. <laughs> um, and we have horses grazing and all kinds of animals around us. So it's a, it's a very pastoral environment. I just wish it was sunny. Well, I I can tell you it may not be sunny there. It's sunny here in Durham, but I woke up to 17 degrees weather. Oh, we are in a table. deep freeze. So enjoy your rain and your fog and don't worry about it as long as you can go outside. It's a little little chilly here. So what's your are you drinking something warm and wonderful or did you have something uh, delicious over the holiday, Nilly? Well, um the holiday seemed like a long time ago now. <laughs> So much has been going on since um, with with my work and um, at Hackett and other things. Um, right now, um, I, you know, well, you know, I've been on the show several times. You mentioned that, and sometimes I drink pretty strange um, things. Like I think one morning when we talked, I was having a what I call a swamp water like spinach mm-hmm. movie. Um, not today. I'm just having a lot of coffee because, as I said, work has been really hectic recently. Working long hours, got to stay awake and alert. But on the upside, I have an open bottle of Simi Sauvignon Blanc um, in the fridge, and I'm truly hoping to get there later in this evening. I'm glad to hear that, and you know I used to live in Eugene, Oregon for many years, so when you mentioned the Willamette Valley, the Willamette River, it brought back some very, very nice memories, and uh, by the way, Simi, S-I-M-I, is a winery, and if anybody's curious, go to simiwinery.com slash wines, and you can read all about their wonderful offerings, uh, Sonoma County. Thank you very much, Nellie. Bring us up to date briefly. What is going on with you at Hacker Group? You say you're very busy. What are you working on? Well, I'm very busy in the last, always busy, but especially busy in the, in the past month or so with our key issue study that we run every year. And I'm going to share some of the findings um, as we start talking about the topic. Um, it required a lot of data analysis and um, a lot of thinking about how to put things in context. So I've been working quite a bit. On that, I've also expanded my mandate a little bit, or it was expanded for me, from looking at um, finance in general and enterprise performance management as my two uh, most prominent areas of research. I'm also doing a lot of work in FinOps, 
Um, so customer to cash, account to report, areas where technology and things like process mining are making a huge difference today um, to the point that uh, David made earlier. And I think um, I'm finding it very exciting. Good. It's nothing better than starting off the new year with excitement, especially professional and, and having a nice bottle of wine ready for you at the end of a long day. Thank you, Nilly Julian Delvat. Catch us up, please. Where are you? What do you love to drink or what you have over the holidays or what's sitting in the fridge ready to be open tonight? And what's new with you and Truqua? Go ahead, Julian. Well, um, so I'm actually in transit at home. <laughs> In Miami, so it's sunny and very windy. That's the perfect time of the of the year to be here. But I was yesterday in freezing New York. Lots of planes were canceled or delayed because of the wind. It was really chilly, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm flying tomorrow to Chicago in our headquarters. So I'm hoping the weather is going to be a little better over there. Um, so basically, switching back and forth between cold and and reasonable. <laughs> Uh, in terms of drinking, actually, over the holidays, we uh, we consumed all of our um, reserves of champagne. That's the drink we were talking about last time I was on the show, I think. Um, right. So, so when I'm here at home or in our offices, uh, I'm usually switching to uh, the Lacra, you know, flavored sparkling water. Yes. And um, that's a bit more reasonable. Why we're, you know, finding <laughs> additional <laughs> bottles for the reserve for the next parties. And um, we are uh, starting the year actually pretty, uh, pretty intense, uh, helping customers, you know, figuring out what, how to do what they want to do for 2019 and beyond. And uh, that's an exciting time. But as I think Dave and Neely were saying, there's a lot of uncertainty as well. So that's where we, we come in and try to, you know, clear the path and, and have a little bit of clarity in, in their vision. Thank you very much, Julian. And I do remember the Lacroix because I found in my collection of photo art, I found a picture of some cans of Lacroix. And I must have downloaded it when you were on the show last time and put it in my collection <laughs> for some reason. I didn't do anything photo arty with it yet, but I still might. I remember there was very, very pretty decorations on their cans. Thank you. David Williams, it has been so long since we caught up with you. So we'd love to know, A, where are you? B, what's your favorite drink for holidays or every day? And what are you up to at SAP? Go ahead, David. Sure. So after spending the last four years in Barcelona, where I I certainly was getting my fix of sunshine, I'm now a few hundred miles north of Nili. I'm in Vancouver, Canada, and we have a very large SAP labs office here. This is where we do a lot of the engineering of our new flagship analytics solution called SAP Analytics Cloud. So I'm here I'm having some Booyah tea, which is a great tea blend. It's got some mate, black tea, ginkgo, lemongrass. Very delicious. Wow. Uh, So that's what I'm drinking. How do you spell that, Booyah? I've never heard of that before. I'd love to look it up. Can you spell it for me? B-O-O-Y-A exclamation mark. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how I spelled it, but I figured I was probably wrong in making it too simplistic. I'm I'm looking, I'm looking. Booyah. Okay, bag of loose leaf tea. I will find it. I will find No, I'm still not finding it. Oh, here we are. Tia. It's in T-E-A-J-A, a homecoffeesolutions.com, and they say Booyah. No, I think Booyah is an, exp- an expression they're using. Very interesting. I'll find it. Okay, good. And um, what are you up to? 
So as I mentioned, I'm up here at SAP Labs in Vancouver, um, <clears throat> working a lot on SAP Analytics Cloud, which is our next-gen analytics solution that brings together uh, advanced analytics planning, data discovery visualization. So finance is a key stakeholder, key user of the solution, and it's really there to help uh, <clears throat> the FP&A function, again, with that uh, mission to, to be a better business partner and support the business. Thank you, and that's always a, always a worthy goal. And I understand that you work with the sponsors of this series. We have Chris Grundy this year, Birgit Starmans, and Melanie Machold. Uh, are they they're on your team? I understand. Or at least Chris is on my team. Um, Melanie uh, and Birgit are colleagues as well. So we're all Very we're nice. working together, dealing a lot with uh, our solutions for finance. Do you want to give us a, a quick preview of what kinds of topics we might have here on the show this year since we're doing a Predictions 2019? Anything top of mind you'd like to share with us to entice our ah. listeners to stay tuned? Uh-huh. Well, I could do a prediction. I think maybe you'll have a topic around collaborative enterprise planning at some point, mm-hmm. which is really about bringing together strategic financial and operational plans across the business. So um, my prediction is that maybe you'll have that topic. Okay, and that that goes with what we just talked about in your Michael Jordan quote about teamwork and intelligence winning championships. I I don't know if you know this, but financial excellence is always in our top five or top seven most listened to uh, series and episodes, and we have 40, that's four zero, Game Changers series now, all together in archives and in live production, David. So this has been a winner all the way through for eight seasons now, and we're very, very happy to have the team back for 2019. So let's go, we're going to go to break in just a minute, but just so everybody remembers, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, I'm based here in North Carolina. I thought I moved to the warm south. Well, as I said, it's about 17 degrees here this morning. We're lucky if we get up probably into the high 30s, low 40s, and it's kind of cold, but it's beautiful. Nelly, the sky is so clear and so blue. It's like I'm looking at a postcard outside my office, but you don't want to venture out before you you have something hot to drink or you put on. I was actually wearing Ugg boots and a a fur coat I brought with me from New York. No, not the real fur, the other kind. (laughs) I don't want any PETA people getting on me when I had to go out yesterday, so so it's, uh, it's quite a challenge, uh, and as I said, I thought it was the South. My friends in New York are telling me that we have almost identical weather patterns, except they're getting a little more snow, and we're get- we had ours a month ago. So on that note, they don't. David, you may not remember, but I'm not allowed to go near caffeine on radio show days, so all I have is my traditional cool, clear glass of cool, clear water. I now have a refrigerator with a water and ice dispenser in the door. First time? Yes, we've grown up, and that's all I'm allowed to have, but I'm thrilled to be here, and we are are so happy to be launching the 2019 debut of season eight of one of our favorite series because this series humanizes the concept of the finance department. The CFO and all the colleagues, this is about finance becoming more and more important to the running of the business, the future of the business, setting the wheels in motion, bringing in technology. Finance is no longer relegated to the basement and to the eye shades and being a laggard. Finance is adopting new technologies and finance is at the forefront of how companies move ahead. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will do a deep dive even further into our topic today, which is predictions 2019 finance, collaborative planning. There's that word, David Williams and risk. And we'll see if we can focus a little bit on the risk. What is it all about? What's the upside? So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back. Aaron out. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Isn't it time for you to transform your finance organization? SAP is leading the way with groundbreaking technology to help finance professionals transform finance. S4HANA, powered by SAP, is a part of SAP S4HANA, the next generation business suite. SAP S4HANA Finance draws upon innovative in-memory mobile and cloud technologies to deliver one common secure view of all your information across finance. This gives you instant insight to drive enterprise-wide strategic value. Learn more about SAP S4HANA Finance at SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments, questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. Here we go. Welcome back. This is our debut episode of the 2019 series season, which is season eight for financial excellence with Game Changers. And thank you to our listeners around the world for showing up and listening. We appreciate it and hope you learned something. Nilia Sadies from the Hackett Group is going to kick off our roundtable, and here is what Nilly told me before the show. She says, finance's number one objective for 2019 is supporting enterprise digital transformation. Its number two objective is reducing operational cost. Nilly, this is packed pretty tight here, this sentence, so why don't you these two sentences? Why don't you uh, unpack it for us, as they say on the news these days? Go ahead. <laughs> Sure. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, we run a key issue study uh, once a year um, and actually release the results to the public, which we don't always do with our research. Um, So the data, number one objective, number two objective, comes from that study. Um, And at first glance, they look a little bit contradictory because supporting enterprise digital transformation is something that costs money. Uh, you have to invest mm. in new technologies, and we talk a lot about that. But then at the same time, you're supposed to be optimizing costs. How can you do it, the two in the same time? And actually, they're really intertwined because, um, in our view, by, when you go digital, finance can automate more of its activities, and so it can dramatically shrink operational costs. And it doesn't have to do what used to happen in the past. It doesn't have to sacrifice effectiveness for the sake of efficiency. Um, We asked CFOs and senior finance executives in our research three questions. Um, We asked what are their top 10 objectives as they relate to the enterprise ask. For the year, we asked them what their functional objectives are um, and what projects they have ongoing or planned to launch. And we got some great data, but also a bit of confusion, which I find um, funny because of the quote I uh, provided earlier in my point about the messiness of data and getting uh, losing the uh, forest for the trees, uh, mm-hmm. finance executives responded slightly differently to each one. But what's clear is that companies at the enterprise level are focusing on increasing margins and reducing costs as they face greater economic unease. 
Um, and to do that, finance executives told us they're well aligned with these goals. Um, <clears throat> and they're going to help the enterprise reduce costs by reducing their own operational costs and focus on other things as well. They're going to focus on talent development, which um, David mentioned, which I think is a critical issue, uh, smart automation, enhancing agility, um, and helping the finance function become, as you said, more of a steward organizational mm-hmm. transformation. Thank you. Let's see. Let's go around the table and see if we have agreement or any challenges from our other panelists. I've never stated it quite that way, but let's do that. Julian Delvada, Truqua, agree or disagree with Nilly's number one and number two objectives of finance for this year? I think they're pretty much in line. I think my question to Nelly, if I'm allowed to ask again. You is, are. Um, go ahead. How does, that, how, how does that compare to maybe two or three years ago? Mm, that's, a, that's a really good question, and thanks for asking. Um, it's one of the things we've seen change. So the, in, the emphasis on digital transformation has been a big theme, as you might expect, over the last two or three years. So that's been ongoing, and it's only becoming more prevalent. The cost emphasis is a little different than from the past couple of years. Um, we saw in the study that uh, organizations overall have put margin increase as their number one objective, not revenue increase, which was the case last year. Um, we think we're seeing um, companies becoming just more cautious with regard to economic risk um, and political risk. So, uh, we see that trend, and that's been the, that's different than the last couple of years. Although finance has been under the gun for reducing reducing its own costs over the last decade, basically it's a perennial issue for finance in terms of its own operating costs. Jillian, yeah, that's, you know that's that's very interesting. So I think it, what that says here is that what. There's one objective, but can be interpreted very differently. And that's also in line with what we're seeing, especially the second one, which is reducing costs. Um, what we're seeing is that the nature of costs is also very important. So trying to change um, capital expense into operational expense, for instance, or trying to, run, to, to reduce the cost of, you know, just keeping the lights on and converting that into investment in, in, in new technologies or enablement. So trying to change the nature of the cost, maybe drill down a little bit further uh, or decomposing those those high priorities. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. And now let's get <laughs> David Williams in on this conversation. David, which side? Do you have any questions for Nilia? We haven't done it as a Q&A before, but I actually like it very much. David, comments, thoughts? Go ahead, join us. It's, it's interesting. So digital transformation, um, Obviously, based on the research, it came up as a top priority. I think the thing around this topic is really is what, what is digital transformation doing? And this is something we're talking about a lot. It's, it's about becoming a more intelligent enterprise because in the digital economy, everything is data-driven, right? Mm-hmm. And the companies that best leverage data um, through their de- digital transformation efforts are going to be the ones that outperform. And in order to do that, you need to drive out cost where you can, right? So there's a lot of opportunity to, um, to drive efficiencies in areas and invest that uh, savings in digital transformation initiatives, which are going to drive potentially new business models, growth, and ultimately uh, uh, more business for the organization. 
Thank you, David. Nilly, anything you want to comment on what the other two panelists said, uh, or I'm going to move on? Go ahead, Nilly. Um, sure. So a couple of thoughts that popped into my mind as I was listening. Um, the idea of changing the nature of cost, I think, is very important because we do need to uh, keep costs down, but yet increase investment. Um, and so whether it's capital or whether it's the ability to invest in new technologies by reducing their run rate or the ongoing, keeping the lights on, as Julian had said, is very important. Um, and in far, as far as uh, David's comment, the intelligent enterprise, I think um, it's interesting because cost reduction sounds first, at first, as a very traditional old-style objective for automation. And we are moving towards a much different era of intelligent uh, finance, intelligent enterprise. But we ran a study last year on top performance in digital transformation among the business services functions. And finance was the only function where the number one objective of their strategy was cost reduction. It was followed by other things like agility. But I think finance is very focused on on efficiency in order to drive the creation of business models and growth uh, and innovation. Thank you very much. Good opening to the roundtable. Let's move on. Julian Delvat, I'm looking at your notes here. Something very intriguing. You say in the you have a past, present, and future. Let me just read the past and the present one briefly and then have you expand it, and then we'll see what David Williams and Nelia Sadies have to say. You say in the past, organizations feel project fatigue. Projects will get shorter and focus on shorter return on investment. And then you say in the present, it will go beyond and focus on the intelligent ecosystem. I haven't heard those two words put together before, intelligent ecosystem. So, Julian, why don't you unpack this for us, and then we'll see what David and Nelly have to say. Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, you were talking about predictions, so I'm, I'm trying to come up with new words for you. Or new. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Oh, that was somebody else's, so go ahead. <laughs> um, so, so the, the first part is, is really, yeah, so in the past we've seen traditional, especially ERP implementations, so organization one projects. Um, I've even seen recently, you know, master data uh, projects that take, you know, one, two, three, five years. And, and it is exhausting for an organization, right? Um, especially because the, the last miles on those are, you have to do it, you have, you know, the, 100% of the organization on the new I don't know, reporting solution or the new planning solution. Uh, but it, the value you get out of it is, is, is less and less as, as, as you go through. So uh, I really felt uh, at the end of last year, a lot of companies um, having this project fatigue, and, and I think it's been catching up a little bit, where simply change is exhausting, right? It's like if you were... Um, you know, moving houses every every month or every six months, you you would be not even unpacking right at some point. That's so, right. Uh, it, it, it is it is exhausting for organization to keep changing. Yet, as as Nidhi was saying, well, we need to change and invest. Um, so so that's the, the the first part, and that drives me to the next one, which is what we're trying to what we're seeing is organization, especially in 2019. Organizations want to have things that are basically simpler to digest. Um, and um, the, the collaboration between organizations or within an, a company but between divisions is where the last mile is going to be. So if, um, 
if you've done what Dave was describing, uh, which is, you know, digital transformation, intelligent enterprise, that's really one big silo. Uh, the question mm-hmm. is, how do we automate now the relationship between organizations? An example would be, I'm an automotive manufacturer, um, there, and I have just-in-time parts coming from everywhere. And the, uh, there is still a lot of matu- manual steps, and we can now use new technologies like smart contract or blockchain to automate that procurement. And uh, so I, I really believe, uh, and again, we're in predictions here, that we're going into an intelligent ecosystem. So beyond the digital core, beyond the intelligent enterprise, but into an intelligent ecosystem. Thank you very much. I'm I'm hooked on that term. I like that. David Williams, we'd love to get your thoughts on everything that Julian shared, shared just a moment ago. Go ahead, David. Well, well, Julian, <clears throat> he had a number of things in there, so I'm not sure we have time to, to go through every single one. <laughs> Touche. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll comment on a couple. So one is Please. ecosystems, incredibly important, right? And particularly in the global digital economy, um, you're going to see these technologies like uh, smart contracts and blockchain become utilized in that capacity to, to help drive efficiency and even better collaboration. I think there's other things. Um, you know, robotic process automation is another one. Um, there's a lot of high, highly routine, low variability tasks that finance participates in that can be automated. Um, so there's, there's some quick wins there. The other thing is around this project uh, fatigue or exhaustion and looking for quick wins and things that are simpler to digest. This is also where things like even uh, software as a service are becoming more and more important to financial applications um, because they are much quicker to implement, get up and running and get value out of Mm -hmm. without necessarily these big uh, heavy lifting projects. So a company may be going through a a one, two, three, five-year digital transformation initiative, but there are quick wins in other types of projects which can be up and running that would roll up under digital transformation that the business can start using today and be more agile. Because to be honest, five years is a long time. Okay, In today's account, just look at the variability that happens in five years. There are things that the business and finance needs to do today to be more agile and better compete uh, even in the context of a bigger uh, project or initiative. That's very optimistic, David, what you just said. I'm quoting you here on Twitter. A company may be going through a one, three, five-year project, but they can get faster wins through digital transformation now. I think that's very telling and very optimistic. Let's go around to Nilly and see what she has to say. Nilly, join us. Sure. So um, I like intelligent ecosystems too, Julian. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I agree that we're moving beyond just the intelligent enterprise into much more of a collaborative environment. We um, we see clients moving a lot towards what uh, David was mentioning, the agile or the agile implementation model in not just the implementation of technology like RPA or advanced analytics, but also in the transformation of finance overall. There's simply... Um, no time to uh, take three or five years to do something. Uh, you got to start fast. You got to use spurts of implementation. Uh, get quick wins. Get value out of um, of what you're doing very quickly from a business value sense. So we see a lot of that agility in transformation overall and in the implementation of technologies 
And I think uh, the simpler to digest, the project fatigue and, and looking for things that are simpler to digest is a very important point because when we look at the list of projects finance has on its agenda in our study, there's so many things on that list. You know you can't do it all. You have to prioritize, and a lot of the prioritization has to do with where do you get the best, fastest results for your investment um, in order to figure out what to do first and where's the biggest impact. Very interesting. Julian, want to comment on what your two colleagues on the panel shared? We can keep, mm-hmm. keep going with this for a little bit. What do you think? No, I think they, they, they're really uh, true in their statement, and especially yeah, digital transformation. There's more than one way to do it, and there might be, as David was saying, lower-hanging fruits. I'd like to also uh, jump onto what Neely was saying way earlier in the interview, talking about process mining, because I think that's also mm-hmm. one of the tools where um, you know, people are confused about what's, what to do next. So if you use process mining, it can also pinpoint areas where you know, it looks like you're, you're, you're having blocks, uh, in your payments for some reason. And so those are, you know, a better way to assess the current situation and therefore maybe have those quick wins. Uh, I think there's a huge potential here in process mining. It, uh, so we'll see how, how that develops in, in the upcoming years. But um, th- there's a lot of value to be had in there. Thank you very much. Good, good conversation. David Williams, I'm looking at your notes. We've covered quite a bit already, so I'm going to give you a choice here. We can talk about planning in silos. We know the old spreadsheets, limited collaboration. We can talk about that, or we can talk about more about these technologies. I know you want to talk about machine learning, AI, natural language query, RPA, robotic process automation. What would you like to do? David, I'll leave it up to you. Oh, maybe I can even merge them. Um, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Why, why don't we talk about the new tech, the, the new technology? Because that's the yeah. fun part. It's where there's a lot of questions yes. right now. Let's go there. Um, yeah, and, and we've talked about a few things already. Robert, robotic process automation, for example, and blockchain. A lot of, lot of uh, those particular technologies have to do with efficiency. Okay. Um, again, robotic process automation is looking what can we auto- automate that's highly repetitive low in variability uh, to gain efficiencies on it. Where there's a huge opportunity and extremely high value is using some of the new, and I'm going to wrap these under the definition of artificial intelligence. We could have a whole program here, Bonnie. Maybe that's another prediction of what is mm-hmm. the definition of AI. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm going to wrap under there machine learning, uh, natural language query and generation uh, mm-hmm. in there. Uh, kind of wrap that under that heading of AI, because these are technologies which can actually not so much automate things, but actually deliver high-value insights to make better decisions to drive the business. And to give you some examples of that, um, you're able to use machine learning, so being able to have uh, a model adapt itself without being specifically coded that can go in and look at data. And so the more historical data that you have, the more accurate it's going to be. But looking at what are key drivers, for example, of a variance or a KPI, and this is something an FP&A professional could spend a long time doing, many, many hours, trying to really understand what is the key thing that's driving a particular indicator. And now with machine learning technology, that can comb through the data and highlight what it is that's actually driving it. So then you can look at that, start uh, drilling into it more and start making decisions around or and adjusting uh, or course correcting around it. 
Some other things where we're we're seeing these new technologies already being used are things like uh, in natural language generation, for example. So, Mm -hmm. uh, for example, instead of just seeing a a static uh, chart or data point, actually having context that's provided around that data point. What are the key insights that can be gleaned from that particular data point? And having that dynamically generated when that report is rendered, that's already there today. Natural language query. Why can't it be as easy to ask a question about your data um, as it is to use Google, right? So being able to Mm -hmm. use a natural language to ask what was my top performing product last year in North America, for example. So these technologies are very high value when they can be used in a decision-making context. So that's what I wanted to highlight. You hear a lot about the automation side, which is around efficiency, but there's a lot that really ties into um, making decisions that can drive growth, even new business uh, models, leveraging these technologies as well. Very exciting. And I think I asked uh, you or somebody earlier in the show, David, if this, I might have asked Julian, if this is an exciting time for finance. And I think we're finding out, yes. David, as you take a step back, if you will, from, from your position and being in finance for so many years or looking at this, this industry, if I can call it that, uh, do you find that this is a time of uh, finance being on the brink of new excitement because of these technologies, because they've opened their eyes and said, can't just sit back and use spreadsheets anymore. The world is moving. We have to transform. We have to engage. We have to embrace. We have to adopt. We have to learn how to use this. Do you think that there's an overall excitement among finance professionals? Are you seeing that? Yeah, definitely seeing that. Um, You're seeing even a lot more folks that are coming from uh, analytics backgrounds that are starting to become into CFO roles. So, uh, you know, I, I think analytics is becoming just a, a core central part of the finance function. Uh, and it's very exciting. It's exciting as well because, well, two things. One, technology-wise, uh, a lot of these uh, new technologies that I was referring to, for example, they're getting embedded directly inside the fabric of these financial applications. So that it's much easier to use. You don't necessarily have to be a data scientist or come from a data scientist background mm-hmm. to leverage these, these technologies now. So that's, that's very exciting. What I'm also very excited about is I think finance, and this is a prediction, I think finance is going to start to be more and more front office and customer focus than they've ever been before. So again, not just looking at being a a scorekeeper and looking at back office functions, but how can finance actually better serve the customer? Because in the new digital economy, the organizations that win are the ones that best serve the customer. So finance is going to get more involved in how do we actually better serve the customer? How do we make it easier for them to buy? Are there new types of pricing models that we can do that make it easier to buy? These are all very highly strategic, high-impact, customer-facing decisions that finance is going to be involved in. Thank you. And you know what you just did, David Williams? You just started the predictions round. We call it the crystal ball. So you've done yours, and you kept it within the 60-second limit, even though I didn't have to give you the instructions. So you are rocking this today. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and give Nilly her 60 seconds of glory on the crystal ball predictions. Nilly, you're up. Go ahead, please. Um, so my 60-second prediction um, I see the pressure to increase margins, as we said, in the face of uh, potential slowdown. 
while simultaneously or at the same time becoming more competitive, it's going to dominate the to-do list for finance in 2019, which will also dictate its technology agenda and the growing momentum that we see in digital transformation initiatives. And I think that's going to just become, um, that, that momentum is going to uh, accelerate as well. We see that in the adoption rate of technologies, as, as Dave was mentioning, um, data management platforms and tools, um, AI and machine learning uh, enabled analytics. We see that happening a lot. Um, we expect finance to put um, a big emphasis on operational excellence through process redesign as well. So it's not all about technologies. Um, but we do see um, technologies like advanced analytics playing a bigger and bigger role in the FP&A area, today's point, in planning and forecasting, uh, using algorithms to identify what those key drivers are that will affect future performance. And we have one client where that went from 70 to five, which made it a lot easier to figure out what's mm. going to happen, and to truly realize the, the digital promise, um, finance will just have to overcome existing hurdles. Um, it's still facing some support, uh, lack of support from IT. Its strategies are not always mature. Um, we're going to embrace smart technologies like RPA um, and new technology delivery platforms like the cloud. So we can go beyond reducing cost and um, increase finances' ability to drive value. Thank you very much, Nilly. Always great to have your predictions. And now let's fill in the last part of our crystal ball with Julian Delvada Truqua. Julian, you're up. 60 seconds. Well, thank you. Um, I think, um, I mean, if we summarize what we talked about today, uh, talking about reducing costs, and I talk about the uh, intelligent ecosystem. I think one of the things that we need to get there is security and trust. And one mm-hmm. of the always unpredictable components is regulations and regulation. So I'm going to predict that the regulations are going to expand and be more invasive and therefore uh, have a cost impact on organizations. So, for instance, yesterday Google has been uh, fined by the European Commission $57 million for a data privacy infringement. Uh, we're seeing that in the finance area, especially uh, in, in China, where the government is requiring companies to have their cloud in China for everything that's HR and finance. We see that in Brazil with Nota Fiscal. We see that in Mexico with Factura. So, um, and, and we're starting to see now at the state level in the United States some requirements in, in data. And Nili was talking about you know, how we drown under data. Well, too much data might also have a cost because you might be fined for collecting too much data. So mm. uh, that's something we need to watch for because it could, you know, come back and, and bite us um, in, the, in the very near future. Thank you. And my clock is biting me right now and the future is here. So thank you. <laughs> I want to thank my three wonderful panelists, Nilia Sadies at the Hackett Group, Julian Delvada Truqua and David Williams at SAP. What a wonderful panel. I really enjoyed talking with the three of you, hearing you chat among yourselves, as we sometimes say, and uh, just kicking off the season eight. And a shout out to Chris Grundy, who has been so wonderful keeping the show going all of these years, as well as Birgit Strymans. And now we welcome Melanie Machold to the fall to the family of financial excellence. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Quick shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer at World Talk Radio, for getting us on the air and keeping us here. 
And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Nilia Sadies at the Hackett Group, just like Julian Delvat at Truqua, and just like David Williams at SAP. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel. Wishing you a game-changing week.